is um, this is Revelation 12, 10 and 11. This is not my main scripture, but I but it's uh, some context and it just builds off some things that uh, Apostle Ruby was saying when she was up here. It says, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Yes. And so one of the challenges that we have um, in the kingdom of God is when we get to church, um, God cleans us up so well that we don't want to give people our real testimony. You know, because you know, who the son says free is free indeed. I mean, we clean up real good. You know, the blood cleanses us completely. He wipes away all our yesterdays. And so we get so clean that we don't want to tell people like what we really want to do. So when it comes time and we have testimony service, we tell us a, a, a sanitized version of the testimony. We don't get the real deal. The problem with that is there's no power in that one because that's not how God did it. There's no power in that. So we don't really give people something that helps them overcome and strengthens and retains our ability to overcome. Sometimes you don't have to tell people the real deal of what you want to do. That's good. That's good. Right? And so, um, see, there's no overcoming power in your testimony. I'm just saying. This scripture says that there's some overcoming power, but you got to give the real testimony. You can't give the testimony. Right, right. You gotta say it. I, I was Jesus Jr. from the womb, and nothing happened, and I popped out, and ta-da, here I am. There's no power in that, because that's not what we really did. All of us came from somewhere. The Apostle Paul said, I was... I was the chiefest of sinners. Yes. He said, but God set me out as a pattern to those who hereafter would believe. Yes. He gave the real testimony, and because he gave the real testimony, all of us have can get the power of his life. Yes. That's right. So you have to be willing sometimes, as led of the Lord, to tell people the real deal. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So y'all see all my social media stuff. Y'all can like, share, do all of that. All right? Um, keep going. You all right? Um, next one. Um, so, what I want to do here is talk to you about, and this is a long, see, Pastor Dave, why you got all these words up there? Because that's why I wanted you to get the notes on your phone. So you don't, you don't freak out. All right. So what are we going to talk about? The principle, the pattern, the promise, the power, the pitfalls, the problems, and the permanence of living succession. Living Succession. Living succession is a little different. Living succession is a little different. I said, hey, what you talking about? All right. You know, last year I was here uh, when you celebrated uh, your anniversary and uh, Pastor Chris Pryor was your speaker. Yeah. Great job. Great man of God. Certainly he's been somebody that's been a blessing to my life. His dad was my principal. I went to, I went to all of those math and science programs at Northern High School, right? And um, so um, Bishop Pryor was a pivotal figure in my life. You know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't grow up in the Church of God in Christ or anything, but 
his stature was bigger that's right. That's than right. that movement. That's right. And that's no disrespect to the movement, but he was just a, he just stretched beyond that. He was a he was a regional father. Somebody that knows his life. Tell tell say man if you don't tell his life. And um but the dynamics of Pastor Chris's situation is different. Because his dad was gone and then he was thrust into the seat. That's right. That's different, That's different than when you take on the seat and the person who preceded you is still alive and still coming to church. Come on, right. Come on, right. It's different. Yeah. It's different. It's different. And so I want to just talk to you some about that, some things that the Lord has shown me that there are certain, that this is a principle. It's clearly highlighted in scripture that there's some patterns to it. There's some promise that goes with it when it's done right. Yeah. And that there is a next generation acceleration of power Come that's on. available to you. Come on. But there are some pitfalls. See, that's why I got to tell you about the testimony. Right. And uh, there, there's some problems that you run into. All right. And uh, but if we do it right, there can be some permanent advancement of the kingdom. And that's really what we're looking for. So I got four objectives for you here. Now, the first one is to illuminate the kingdom principles of covenant. We sung about it, right? Succession and memorials as God's method of expanding his eternal kingdom through the vehicle of time. Time was given, according to Ecclesiastes 3, Time was given under heaven uh -huh. so that humanity can achieve purpose. Yeah. That's good. So we serve an eternal God. Right. We just sung that he's an everlasting God. Yeah. That he has everlasting covenant. Yeah. But we have to express our covenant partnership with him in the context of time. Wow. wow. So Moses said, Lord, teach me to number my days. Yes, yes. So that I can apply my heart to wisdom. Yes, yes, yes. So I got to know how to be a good partner with God in this thing called time. Yes, yes. Because if I miss it, if I mess up my moments, I will run out of time. Yeah. Wow. Right? That's 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 a reality that people don't, don't really grasp. That's why the scripture says redeem the time because the days are evil. Now, Jesus is the redeemer of your life, but you are the redeemer of your time. That's good. And if you don't redeem your time, then what Jesus redeemed your life for won't account for much. You better say it, man. Wow. That's good. That's good. Just like Jesus found me, I was sinking deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters he lifted me, now safe am I. Just like he had to redeem me, my time was sinking. Maybe it was sinking over on Facebook. Maybe I was Netflix and chilling. But my time was sinking. And if I don't redeem my time, my God. then what he redeemed my life for won't come from me. Come on here, Richard. Wow. That's good. 
Number two is to elaborate on the role of the predecessor, the successor, and the support team, that's all the rest of us, through the dynamics, difficulties, and delays of living succession. And yet, it's all three of them. You can't get one without the others. So everybody's got a role to play. All right? We're going to make this succession a success. Number three, to motivate you in your living successor roles to live according to kingdom keys, laws, and principles in a tangible, credible way that will ensure your church, the nations, is able to survive, thrive, and drive in a world that is declining and passing away. Yeah, I don't want us just playing church inside of the church. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, life is too difficult for me to just come in here and play with y'all. You better say it. You better say it. You better say it. I don't have time to pity Pat. You know, Patty Kate. Patty Kate, Patty Kate, baby, old man. I don't have time for that. Not, I mean, life is just too difficult. And I can't, I can't, I just, I can't, I can't spend time, wasting time for folks that ain't serious. You know, because some people have, I call, they have what I call routine emergencies. You can schedule it. And sometimes people are, they, might, they don't want, they don't want assistance, they want an accomplice. They want you to aid and abet. Have a, they don't have a plan to make to make a change, right? And so we want to be those that help this visionary and this vision to move forward. Yes, All right. We don't want to just sit here because we can spend all of our time doing all of the things that it takes just to get a good service instead of doing a good service to our community. And then finally, number four, to accelerate you towards your destiny of successful, superior, supernatural living succession. Now that doesn't just stop with the transition of the church and the leadership that you've had for some three years now. Why? Because this thing can't be what it needs to be if the people that are around the visionary don't catch the vision and become leaders and visionaries in their own right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. We can't sit on our do nothing waiting for him to come up with an idea. My God, Some people think they, that their job is to be good reporters to the pastor. <laughs> Oh, this is channel 12. I'm live at the pulpit. I'm here to tell Pastor, Pastor, I just want you to know that such and such and such and such happened. Such and such. Did you fix it? No, I just wanted you to know. Oh, man. Come on here. You better teach, man. You better teach. I mean, I mean, praise God, you know, but I don't need the news. Don't report it. Make the news. Do 
vision to go forward. Yes. All right. I got some definition. These are the things that if you did click, you did download. And so I'm going to walk you through some of them. Some key definitions here. We're going to just, Pastor, you're going to get, I got some more scripture for you, but just hold it, hold it. Come on, just, just work with me the way I work, all right? Yes, yes. All right. So we're Destiny Generation Church. So the first definition you see there is the definition of destiny. Destiny is the undeniable truth that God has an amazing plan for your life hidden inside of himself and placed in seed form inside of you. But the seed of destiny of God's plan that's inside of you needs the right environment for that seed to emerge into a full harvest. Right. So that's one of the things I, that, that's, that's, my, that, that's my kingdom assignment to help people to know that God has an amazing plan for your life. That's good. Right? Now, the part that's hidden inside of him, you can't get without you connecting with him. That's right. And the part that's inside of you, if you don't place it in the right environment, if you don't cultivate it, then it can't emerge. Wow. That's good. Right? So... Part of what we are working to do in each kingdom assembly is to create an environment where the right, the seed that's inside of you can emerge. Yes. Amen. Mm. We don't, we don't want the vision of the church to be a ceiling. We really want it to be a platform. Oh, we want it to be a launching pad. Yes. Yes. To all of the things that God has for you. Say amen if that's blessing you so far. Amen. All right. My definition of leadership that's an, is an important part of this because leadership, there's more than one leader if this vision is going to be what it needs to be. You better say it. You better say it. It's more than one. You can't sit on your hand. I can't think until the pastor tell me something. Praise God, Brother Gomer. The vision can't go forth with just one leader. So what is what is leadership? Leadership is living a life of vision from God, value to others, and velocity of good works in your generation. Living a life, first a vision from God. Vision is the picture of your purpose. God told, he appeared to Paul when he was Saul. And he said, I appear to you for this purpose. Vision is the picture of your purpose. It is, if it is a vision from God, it should provide value to others. That's right. If, 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 there's, if the only person who gets benefit out of your vision is you, wow. then it didn't come from God. That's right. Yeah. 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 That is so true. If it's a real vision from God, it provides value to others. God didn't say, hey, Pastor Mo Moses. He didn't say, Pastor Mo, um, the people, you need a place to preach, so I'm sending you down. He said, I have heard the cries of my people, That's therefore right. you go. Uh -huh. The vision from God 
provided value to those people. Yeah. Yeah. Alright? The third piece of it is velocity of good works. Yes. Velocity for all my physics majors is distance over time. That's right. Mm -hmm. I traveled here. I was supposed to go 70 miles per hour, but I went a little faster. Shh, don't tell me. <laughs> tell nobody. Um, that's the velocity that I, I had a certain place to get to and a certain amount of time to get there. That's what velocity means. Jesus said it this way, I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day. Got a certain distance to get to and a certain time to get there. Because night's coming when no man can work. So I have to have a sense of visionary urgency that there's a certain amount of time for me to make my deposit in the planet and move off to sea. That's right. All right. Uh, let's go on. Laying on of hands. Laying on of hands is a key part of succession. It is a foundational principle of the doctrine of Christ utilized to confer spiritual authority to those transitioning in leadership to administer the blessing from one generation to the next and to invoke deliverance to those experiencing spiritual oppression. Amen. And so I am a leader of Destiny Generation Church because hands were laid on me. I was given a charge. Yes, sir. Yes. That's right. And when people challenge me, I got a charge to keep. That's right. I want them to come, but if they stay home, it won't change my charge. All right. Oh my That's God. Right. You better say it. Because right. hands were laid on me. Yeah. And I gotta keep it moving, baby. Yes, yes. I love yeah. you. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. But I gotta keep it moving because they have a his were laid on me. Yes, 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 yes. This is serious. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Now hold it. That's not just him. It's not just what happened with the bishop when he had his installation. What about when he lays hands on you to do something in the ministry? Yes. Then there's a power that comes up on you with the same grace and the same spirit that God put on him. He makes sure solutions to problems that he has given him. Yes. Right? Covenant, we talked about and sung about covenant, that we have a covenant keeping God. Covenant is a sacred binding agreement between two or more persons who choose to give up some part of themselves to enter a permanent and powerful relationship and partnership. And listen, God gave up something too. Yeah. Jesus carries in heaven the marks in his hands and in his side. He still got them. Those are permanent. He made permanent change to himself to get you in the covenant with him. That's good. So if you think you ain't covenant and it's not supposed to cost you something, then you done heard something from the world. That's not the book we read. All right? Our next point on this one is that God operates through covenants. Yes, sir. Because an eternal God makes a covenant with a mortal man, covenants demand succession. Okay? 
So God gives an eternal covenant with a, with a, with a temporary, a time-bound man. That's right. Then that must, that necessitates that somebody has to inherit that covenant to keep it propagated. Yeah. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, what has God given this man for the nations? Come on with it. Come on. And has the, there, is there a group of people who will live longer than him that have grasped it such that when he's gone, the vision still moves forward? That's right. That's right. God makes covenant with the covenant man and his seed causing covenant covenantal blessings to pass from generation to generation. Succession. Succession is the effect of transfer, transmission, and transition of the leader's vision, passion, purpose, intent, dreams, character, standards, values, morals, and qualities to succeeding generation of leaders. Succession ensures the preservation of legacy. That's good. There are certain things I do Because I didn't work, I didn't want my mother's work to die when she did. Mm -hmm. I, I know I was there. I saw a certain other sacrifice. And so I just I just didn't want it to die. Yeah. Wow. So I've made certain decisions. I've made certain sacrifices. I've made permanent things that have permanently impacted my life such that the, the glimpse of God that she saw could go on beyond her lifetime. Legacy is leadership beyond your lifetime, teaching beyond your tenure, and mentorship in memorial. Legacy is the work that starts once your work on earth is finished. Legacy is what is left after you have left. I wonder, you know, um, similar to you, there was an expression of ministry that God had given to my apostle and um, when I assumed the chair, I saw a different picture. There's nothing wrong with the picture God gave her. Problem is, it's not really a problem, but the reality is that God gave her that picture. Right, that's right. Come on. The same God that gave her pic that picture didn't stop giving pictures when he gave her the picture. You better say that. He's still, he's still giving out pictures. Did you know that? He gave her a picture. There's no question. I am proof that he gave her a picture. That's right. Because I didn't assume the seat with the vision that God had given me. I assumed the seat based on me living out the vision God had given her. That's good. That's good. That's good. But when I got in the seat, come on. The, the God that gave her picture gave, you one. gave me one too. 
But then I also have to not throw the baby out. Come on, come on. And so that's why this last one, last definition is memorials. Yeah. Come on. Memorial is that by which the memory of any person or thing is preserved. To remember, to recall, to call to mind, to be thought of, to be brought to mind, to mention, to record, to keep in remembrance, to cause to be remembered. Because I'm not a one-day wonder. I didn't step out here full-grown and ta-da, here I am. The kingdom didn't get here just because I got here. That's right. There were people who labored in the gospel before I got here. And I just want to acknowledge them. There are certain principles they taught me. I want to grasp hold to real truth and carry that truth. But I got to translate it in my own generation. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I, can't, I, I can't run my mama's race. Right. And you see, that's not dishonorable. No. no. Jesus. Come on, man. Jesus. But listen. What I want to do is to grasp the reality of the, what did Paul say to Timothy? From a child, yep. you have known the Holy Scriptures. Yeah. He didn't do that by himself. That's right. That's right. That's right. That was a real faith with his granny. Yeah. My God. That was with his mama. Come on. It is in him. But now it's his turn. And because it's his turn, it's not enough to have granny's revelation. You better say it. Not enough to have mama's. He's got to have his own. But he wants to make sure that the truth that, what did the, the apostle Jude say? To earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Jesus. Listen, you don't get the right to rewrite the Bible because it's no longer socially acceptable. There is certain truth, and it's still true, I don't care who don't like it. That's right. And so it is, re it is responsible for the person who is inheriting vision to make sure, even in all of the things that change, that these, these foundational truths stay in the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get the right to move the foundation. That's right. Amen. Right? Amen. Truth is still true. That's right. And so I have to be willing to take that truth, get those memorials, but then allow God to expand the vision in my time. That's right. And do things that those that before me didn't see or couldn't even conceive. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. All right. We're going to read 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 15. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. For are you not still carnal, fleshly, in your feelings? Paul, are you with me? <laughs> for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Come on, Pastor. Come on, man. Preach. 
For when one says, this is my favorite preacher. Uh-huh. I am of Paul. Notice, I don't like how he preached. This is my favorite. I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Wow. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed. As the Lord gave to each one. Come on. So the same one that gave Paul in the founding also gave to Apollos in the succession. Wow. Same God. Same God. Right? Verse 6 says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one. There is a unity that is required for succession to be successful. Is he? They are one. Can't be fighting each other. We're on the same team. We're rooting for the same thing. We're rooting for the same thing. Listen, I, I, I see my nephew go places that I didn't even go. Come on. Take my content. People are like, now what, what do I look like? <laughs> what would I look like? Come on, man. Hate player hating. Yeah. <laughs> on my own protege. Right. What kind of? Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I was in Destiny's Generation. I was about to, was about to go out. I'm sorry. I'm not at home. I'm like, I, I want to be nice. I want y'all to stop first time seeing me. I want y'all to bring me back. What kind of dumb stuff is that? That's right. That's right. Keep taking your time. Man, I mean, people is hearing him. And you know, you know, they're not asking old Greatbeard here to come and do their youth ministry services no more. You understand? Should I be mad at that? No! Here I am, got my 50, 60 people, and then he goes out, take my same content, and preaches to 7, 800. Should I be mad at that? No! We are one! Do you understand that? But you, you'd be surprised how many pastors have I'm so committed to his destiny that I, I go back to play the organ on a Sunday so he can be gone. Wow. You better say it. Come on, say it. Don't get it twisted. Like, I came up as a one-man band. I can, I can have my own service all by myself. Don't get it twisted. I can do what it takes to keep the ministry moving. You better say it, man. Don't, don't play with me. Don't listen to me. I know you're right. Do you understand? want all of his days. Now listen, there's some times when he got a mind, you know, you know, kids, you got to teach them to do the chores. Bruh, bruh, I know they think you all great and special out there, but you still got to come home and take out the garbage. You got to do the chores in a minute. But listen, I have to give him freedom and time for his gift to develop like freedom was given to me. Even when it's inconvenient to me. I need this thing to live beyond my lifetime. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's, right. that's a whole mindset shift right there. That's a whole, that's a whole move. 
Verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Listen, I'm glad mom ran her race. Child, please, I'm working on my thing now. That's right, that's right. I support it. You know what I'm saying? I did all of the stuff she needed. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I did windows. I took out the garbage. I cut the grass. I mean, I opened the service and shut it down. I did everything it took. But now it's my turn. You better say it. And I got to run my own race. Because yes, yes, I'm working on my own reward. Yes, 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 yes. So I, I can't I can't be boxed into what God showed her back in 1982. I didn't say God didn't show her something in 82. But what he showed her was the race she had to run to get her own reward. I'm running my own race now. That's good. That's good. I ain't mad. Nope. I got to run the race that I see in front of me. Each one of us must run the race that's set before us. Yes. Verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. One translation says you are his garden. See, that's where that seed of destiny yes. in you emerges. That's the seed of destiny. You are God's garden. The seed that's in you, he wants it sown into the fertile field of the nation's church. He wants the laborers that are here working in ministry with this man and this woman of God to get all the stones, to break up the fallow ground, to do the worship, to get things ready so that the word can go forth. He wants the ministry to be excellent. He wants all of those things, not because we want to be here and want everybody to think we're special, but because we want more people to experience the truth of what you are experiencing being here. That's right. That's right. That's right. You are God's field. Yes, sir. You are God's building. Now he moves from an agricultural revelation uh -huh. to an architectural revelation. Wow. You are God's building. When it comes to a building, now there's structure. There's order. There's pattern. Okay, you don't build a building. The contractor don't say, um... Here's a bunch of material. Now pray for me as I try to put this stuff together. You're going to fire him quick. Yeah, we got a problem. Bruh, 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 bruh. Bruh, bruh. Bruh. Okay. But sometimes that's how we want to run church. Oh, God. Come on. Listen, I'm sweating. Late nights. The people, my team back there, they know they get stuff for me late at night and early in the morning. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know you're right. Because, listen, I worked my 40, 50 hours just like you did. Pastor, 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 I'm tired. Oh, really? You're free. Vacation. Oh, really? Yeah. Guess what I do? Yeah. I take 
sin, uh -huh. so that I can do ministry to you. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Come on, man. That's right. Listen, if we are a building, then we have to let the contract, the, the, the general architect here, take us up and tell you how to put the bricks and the stones together. Come on. I just think he should just go this kind of way. He just passes just so deep. He's just so deep into all of this stuff. I don't know. I can take all of that. Listen, you you just working on your little part. He's seeing the whole picture. Right. All right. Let the person who sees beyond what you see show you things that you can't see without him. Verse 10, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, the Greek word there is architect now, where we get the word architect. I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Yes. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw. Man. Like, why did we have to go from the get good stuff to, to building a shack for Jesus? And then all of a sudden, wood, hay, and stubble. Ah. We're going to build the shack for Jesus. Yeah. It's like the three little pigs. Some of them are helping blow my house down. Come on. Everybody's got to decide how they're going to build. Each one's work will become clear for the day, that's the day of judgment, that's what he's referring to, that's right. will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Now that's not just for them two. That's for you too. Amen. Say it. Say it. How are you doing your part for the vision to go forth? What are you building with? He's not the only one that's got the choice between gold, silver, precious stones, those wood, hay, and snow. You right. got a choice too. Yeah. You got to decide. Like, what you going to build with? Yeah. I don't take all of that. I'm going to just chill. I'll just show up. Man, that'd be all right. That'd be all right. <laughs> when they don't see me, they'll know somebody else has to open the service. That'd be all right. See, they God don't do that here. I know that stuff, that stuff happens in Flint. Yeah. <laughs> that, just, that, that stuff happened down south. That's, that's in Flint. That, that don't happen here. But people have to decide. You get to decide what kind of reward you have. Verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But since this is the last day, his loss will be eternal, won't it? If this is the last day, then the loss that you suffer, you will suffer eternally. 
Now see, you clean up real good. You clean up real good. You, you know, you got your perfume on. Uh -huh. You know, you got your fake up. You got your weave on. You clean up real good. But one day, we gonna see throughout all eternity how you really serve God. We gonna look at you and know if your stuff was burnt up. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you can fake me now. But we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure what you did and how well you did. Listen, I work. No, man, I work hard to do this stuff because I want to have some stuff that lasts throughout all eternity. I want to build something that produces an eternal reward for me. If any man's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Some people are going to come into heaven still smelling like smoke. That's a reality. Yeah. You just, you just barely got out of hell, bro. criticality of the handoffs that has been made in ministry cannot be overstated. The purpose and intent is to develop a pattern for future generations of ministry to follow for the seamless transition of ministry in a way that enables the church to move from glory to glory as led by the Spirit of God. All right? When this precious couple have passed it on, will it still be the nation's church? We don't know yet. Because the next person ain't in the seat. Come on, preacher. It may change again. It may change. That's right. And that doesn't mean that they didn't hear God. Each generation of succession, if done correctly, will enable the Spirit of God to increase the anointing as the seed, service, and submission of the successive generation to the preceding one enables the double portion mantle to increase in ways not previously possible, but made available by the Spirit of God. So what's supposed to happen is, in my mom's time, I, I, I gave seed to her, I served her, I submitted to her, and then I keep increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Then at a certain point, I reached the maturity. God said, it's time, I'm ready. We pat hands and lay on me. Then I get the double portion, but I still got some sons and daughters that's serving me. Yeah, yeah. right, that's right, that's right. Yes, sir. And now there's someone see service and submission into me, so then they get the benefit of her anointing and the benefit of my anointing to be transferred when, hands, when my hands is passed on to them. And then it's supposed to keep going from glory to glory. 
we were not supposed to have churches that was a boom at one time and bust in the next time. You better say it. You better say it. That was never the will of God. You better say it. You better say that. That was not God's will. That was not his plan, man. We came up with all of these other things. Yes. And we didn't have living, successful succession. These scriptures point to the necessity of a succession system because kingdom work must be able, must be ever expanding over multiple generations. Then a solid set of principles, patterns, promises, prophecies, and protections must be in place that enable each generation to do their work, understand the exit, identify mentors, steward, and prepare successors, and transition the work to their of their stewardship before the existing leader loses his relevance and rigor mortis sets in. Oh my God. Listen, I don't want to hand it off after I build it up and bust it down because I'm no longer relevant in my generation. That's some good preaching, Pastor Because there is a generation of leaders that will stay past their usefulness and be singing Yep. I shall not be moved. <laughs> wow. We don't want to do that. No. Listen, I am monitoring the growth in favor of my sons and daughters in ministry. That's right. That's right. Because I'm I'm monitoring my own. Am I really effective? Can I still reach the older people? Can I still reach the younger people? At a certain point in time, what happens is there will be a time where my effectiveness will begin to shrink. That's right. That's right. Transparent. That's good. You are so right. Wow. If I'm still in the seat, when my when 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 it begins to sink, the ministry will sink with me. That's right. Even if it was the ministry that I expanded in the height of my ministry, yeah. I am preaching really good. You are preaching good. You are preaching good. And so I don't want to wait until the thing that I built up implodes. Because I can no longer have the spiritual strength to sustain it in the next generation. So I want to make sure that I have mentored, monitored, managed, molded those that are following me such that I know that I can leave the ministry in a good state and leave it in good hands. Yes, 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 yes. The new leader should have relational commitment to the vision and the visionary and be given a set of distinctives and variables that enable further possibilities of growth and leadership in his generation while retaining the provision of permanence of foundational principles. The leader should be honorable to the person that succeeds them. That's right. And say, listen, listen, I'm going to give you all the best that I got. Like my son's in the faith, they work in a media ministry, they help me take what I 
these these great thoughts, these are really good thoughts, aren't they? Yeah. These great thoughts that I put out, I want them to have access to my library of teaching. Man, wow, that's good. Yes. Then he'll take my content, put his own music to it, and, and, and have his own site, website and all of that stuff, got his own followers, and they do all of that stuff. And think, man, he really smart. He really deep, man. We like this dude. I want him to know how to take my, my material and make it accessible to his generation. He ain't hurting me. I am ensuring that when I'm dead, I will still speak. I am ensuring that when I'm dead and my body is laid out, that my ministry will still speak. And so I wanted to understand the vision and the visionary. I want to understand all of these things, but I can't, I can't give them a map. All I can give them is a compass. I can't give them a map because the God that spoke to me has got to speak to him. I can just, I can just point him in a general direction. And I can't be mad. That when he gets going and he turned right when I thought he should have turned left. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to give him, but I got to make sure. Now, son, here are some foundational principles. That's right. This is truth. You can't change this part. Yeah, now, the other stuff is all up to you. Whatever God tells you, I'm going to go with. Right. But we can't, we can't extend Fear away from truth. But the other stuff, you gotta obey God just like I have to. I can't box you in. I can't make my paradigm your prison. Now, I needed it. But if 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 you if it if it boxes you in, then it's your prison. What it's supposed to be is your platform, not your prison. You're supposed to build off of it and build further from it. That's right. That's right. I laid a foundation and another builds on it. Let him take heed how he builds on it. So that you can get your reward, because I'm getting mine. I don't know what you do. I'm getting mine. <laughs> During the leader's tenure. He or she commits to stewarding the vision, not simply living on the laurels of previous generations' accomplishments. I can't just take what, what, what she did and just ride that out. I'm just going to ride it out, throw stuff up at the wall, see if it sticks, and hope people still keep coming till I die. Stop that. You need to pay it forward. Somebody paid it forward for you. Yes. It needs to be better in the next generation because of what you put in. His diligence and his generation over the flocks, herds, riches, and stewards should ensure that at the time of the exit, he both has a crown to pass on, a head worthy to lay it on, and a team of people of continuing commitment to the vision 
and relevance to the needs of the incoming generation. Let me say that one again. His diligence over all of the parts of ministry should ensure that at the time of his exit, he both has a crown of ministry to pass on to somebody, a head worthy to lay it on, a team of people who are continuing in commitment to the vision, and a ministry that's relevant to the needs of the incoming generation. I done said a whole mouthful right there. That's the goal of ministry. Each leader has to do that. Man, that's, that's all I'm doing. And I just believe if I labor, I can hear the whiners, boy. I got that. That song is on my track, man. God is going to give me a crown. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing that keeps me up in the morning. Puts me to bed at night. If I labor, if I, if I build something that's worth it, God is going to give me a crown. Eight principles of living succession. The first is... Living succession is done according to the will of God and to the person whom God designates. God designated Isaac as Abraham's successor, Joshua as Moses' successor, Solomon as David's, and for the church at Corinth, Apollos to be the successor to Paul. Two, living succession requires the public acknowledgement, charge, impartation, intercession, and release of authority, assets, and influence of the sitting leader to the successor. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right? You got to give it up. We can't be arm wrestling for the authority of ministry. Yes. Come on. If there is fog in the pulpit, there is a mist in the pew. Right. People can sense when the leadership is struggling right. in transition, yeah. they can feel that thing. That's right, that's right. And the babies among them don't take sides. Because right. the colonel says, I'm with Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Pastor Paul was the founder of the ministry. I'm on his side. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Other people, now, Paulus was my big brother. You better watch out how you treat my brother now. People pick sides. They can feel the conflict. And so it is necessary, even though it's painful, for the sitting leader to release the assets. My God. It was a big deal for us when the vision pictures of the wall that God had given to my mother came down. This shall be weeping. And nasty. It was a big deal. It was painful for her. But I couldn't live out the picture that God gave right. her. Almost right. It was a big deal when her name came off a pastor's office. Mm. And my name went on it. And her furniture went out. And mine went in. Jesus. It was painful, but it was necessary. Yes. 
Because the authority has to follow the seat of authority. It was, it was painful when the sign, she, she, she labored for that sign to be on the outside of that building. Her sweat, her blood, her tears. She had fought all kinds of devils to have that ministry stand up with that kind of name and that kind of vision. To still be alive and watch that systematically undone was painful. It was necessary. It was necessary. Because like David told Saul, I can't run with your armor on. I can't fight this battle with your weapons. I got to know the tools God has given me to use. And see, that matters. The language of a sitting leader is important. Have you ever heard this term, we can't indict a sitting president? Anybody heard that language? To do guilty in Jesus' name. I'm not no minor prophet, but I'm just telling you. Where there's smoke, there is fire. So can we indict him if we stand up? What is it talking about? It's talking about his seat of authority. That's right. If you, if you don't think seats of authority are important, the next time you go into a courtroom, walk up and try to sit down in the judge's seat. And see the whole courtroom go into action to lock you up. Seats of authority are important. The apostle, not the apostle, King, King David in 1 Kings 1, 46-48 bowed himself on a bed to his son, King Solomon and said, God has given one to sit on my throne. He had to give up the seat. Well, that's painful. But it's necessary. Right? This, this, this kind of succession is not easy. Jesus. Everybody that's on the team needs to be praying. Yes, right. Long time. Hard prayers. Yes, with fasting and tears. Because yes. this is not easy. That's right. That's right. It's not easy. Right? <sighs> Number three, the successor is accountable to God and to the legacy of truly seeking and following God along with the commitment to the truth of the gospel for succession to be successful. Proverbs 22 and 28 says, don't remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. But you got to distinguish between landmarks and landscapes. Sometimes we make, we make, you know, Granny's favorite pew. You better say it. Like that's a landmark. Come on now. Like everything can't be like the gospel. It can't be the 11th commandment that the church got to still have red carpet. All right. In perpetuity. Stop it. We didn't make stuff that it is just how we like it, like it's God. Yeah. I'm not going to bind him. I'm not going to bind my successors in church. It ain't church if you don't like the blue stuff that I did. You don't like the logo I came up with. Stop that. Stop, stop making. 
We get to we get to heaven, God can be like, they came up with some commandments. I didn't even know where they got that stuff from. It didn't make no sense to me. But they just came up with it. They taught it like it was God. Number four, the successor must earnestly contend for the faith, both watering seeds already planted, but also building on the foundational distinctives with new and different materials not utilized in laying the foundation that was laid in the previous generation. You, listen, stop trying to bind me to what God told her. Stop right. it. Right. The God that told her didn't stop talking when I got in the seat. Right. These are not the 400 silent years between Malachi and Matthew. God is still talking. Let me be the visionary that God made me. You owe that to me. And, and the, the successor has to learn how to, to critique without being a critic. I have to be able to critique. Uh -huh. This is how the generation that I'm living in, these are the, Jesus said, you are a hypocrite if you can't discern the signs of the times. In the times that I live in, what was successful here will no longer be successful. That's a critique. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's, right. that's not me being a critic. Exactly. Ain't nothing, they didn't do nothing. Church started when I got here, stop that. Pump them breaks, bro. <laughs> You have to be able to do that if the ministry is going to be successful in this generation. Yeah. That's why I'm on podcasts and all of those things. That's why I'm trying to get into every social media thing. What I'm believing for, if you really want to know the truth, is to be the first preacher on Netflix. But in Jesus' name, I'm just telling you, I'm just throwing it out there. Somebody got to be in my room. I'm just saying. It's not Christian television no more. I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to, to have a critique in my generation. Amen. Right? I'm just trying to understand what was successful previously and distinguish between what's the real landmark versus landscape. God ain't holding me accountable to her landscape. Now she liked it. She liked the grass like this. She liked all of that stuff. She liked the flowers. She liked the fountain. But I got a whole different landscape That's for right. my thing. That's I just right. have to make sure that the landmark of truth and the gospel and right and wrong is still the same. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Number five. In both cases, the leader and successor must, be re must remain unified with maturity to understand God is the one who causes the increase but rewards each minister according to the work they have done, not the results experienced. One of the things that we went through when we were in transit, she, she would say this thing like, I would not have dreamed that you had done it this way. Wow. And I had to deal with it. I said, Ma, 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 Ma. Listen, you had a certain picture and you needed your picture, but I have a different picture. And what we realized is that we, we were using the same words, but we both had different pictures. We were using the same words, but the picture of the season was different for, for both of us. I saw it like this. No, that, no, I that ain't how I saw it. Do you need my help? No. 
<laughs> I got this. Yeah. Now listen, if you had trained me, right. you don't want me to know heaven after you did and try to figure it out. Yes. You want to see me exercise the authority while you're here. So we had to learn how to communicate. We had to talk through that. We had to resolve conflict. And because she was a person of influence, we had to learn how to communicate our stuff with each other, not for you to get your crowd together to be on your side and me to get my crowd together because they're feeling your pain and my crowd feeling my pain and we all take the sides up in the church. Oh my God. Oh my God. We got problems. You in the house, man. Number six, the apostolic leader must be comfortable not no longer directly leading. You know, because there's a comfort. Everybody seats you in the front row. You got the armor bearers. And after a while, they like, no, they running, they, they running around you getting in. They gotta be comfortable. And I have to recognize while I'm still in the seat that one day. Folks not gonna be running after me. Oh my God. That's right. That's right. I gotta go in with my exit option already prepared. You better say it. You better say it. Because it's coming. I'm just trying to run my race while I still got the relevance and get my job done. So I got to be okay that one day they're going to run right past me trying to take care of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Thought I was the man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a generation that's not going to think I'm deep. No. <laughs> I got to be okay with that. Right? No longer directly leading, but allowing the successor to lead as led of the Lord with their, this word is, this word is there. I didn't cuss. Right. Come on. Private uh -huh. coaching, counseling, and correction. Right. I didn't cuss. There's no cuss words up there. No. Why? Because see, you used to being a person that gets over and corrects the church. You can't do that no more. You can't run down the current leader. You didn't let nobody run you down. So you got to, no, no, we need to take that. No, we need to take that one in the back room. Yeah. Yeah. That was not ready for prime time yet. No. We got to have some discussion on this one. Privately. Right? When we get when we get our stuff together, then they'll figure it out. That's right. I had a, I sat down um, in December. I, I have a leadership conference, and my bishop came. Um, my bishop is a uh, out of Boston, a good friend um, to the presiding bishop of the Church of God in Christ, and um, he was there with me. He had preached for him. Got got video of him preaching there at West Angeles Church of God in Christ, and and, um, 
And of course, Bishop Clark, is, that's kind of my uncle, Bishop, that, that preached at the convocation this past year as well. So these are, that's kind of my, my people. Okay. I praise the Lord. And so I had, I had uh, my bishop come and then another bishop, and they were, I was driving them. And uh, when the bishops come, you know, some people I say drivers for, but the bishop, I come myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm driving. No, no, yeah, I got this one. <laughs> and, and I'm just sitting there letting the bishops talk to each other. And I'm just soaking it up like a sponge. I mean, right. they just, they, right. they just talking to each other. And I'm like, in Jesus' name, I'm praying under my breath, like, Lord, give it all to me, Jesus. <laughs> specific minister um, in our movement whose father was a major revivalist in his generation in our movement and um, after the father died the son inherited the ministry and um, the ministry went through this, the son good minister but he made some bad decisions My God. My God. and now the church that his father had is in their metropolitan city, the largest mosque in the city. Wow. And so the minister that was in the bishop that was in the city talked to this other bishop because he knew that this bishop, even though he was not in the city, was a son to that revivalist who died. And he said, Come on, man. Tell me, tell me what happened. What? Right. What's your assessment of what went wrong? And what the bishop that was out of the city said about his spiritual father, who was the natural father of, of this of this pastor that had now inherited, said that well, well, two things. First of all, um, the revivalists spent more time. Revivaling on the road than fathering at home. Wow. He spent more time playing away, away games than doing with the homework. Wow. And he said, the second thing he did was, while he was still alive, the son would preach, and then he would come up behind his own son and systematically dismantle his message. Oh, Jesus. That's a horrible thing. Come on. And destroy yes. what he should have built. Jesus. And so this son is chasing ghosts and hearing voices in his own head that's causing him to make bad decisions because he's living with the, his father's Wow. His father's rejection in his head. And it's affecting and Jesus, has, Jesus. has derailed his whole ministry. Yes. Wow. Yes. My God. So even in death, his damage is still speaking. Yes. See, that's why we got to be careful how we do this kind of stuff. We can do some damage, man, that, that will affect the viability of our ministry and future generations if we don't do this right. Number seven, the successor must take heed how he builds on the apostolic foundation, understanding that he will account 
to God for his work as the apostolic founder does for his. And then finally, eight, number eight. It is to be the heart of apostolic leaders and overseers that with the next generation mantle passing, a double portion of the anointing of the spiritual parents would pass to the next generation. Did you get something out of this? Oh, yeah.